So often in our quest for more, we look for things to cut back on or to cut out of our lives. Say, I'm busy. What can I give up to get some time back? I want to lose weight. What foods do I need to stop eating? I want to save more money. What costs can I cut back on? But this is a short-sighted view, and it doesn't take into account the actual wider implications of the task at hand. The Happy Healthy Human podcast will help you build your happy, healthy life. Your host, Paul Levitin, is a board-licensed health and wellness coach, nutrition coach, personal trainer, and behavior change specialist with over 10 years of experience helping people create positive life change. Each week, he discusses topics that will help you understand yourself, why you do the things you do, and how to take steps to create the life of your dreams. He talks with experts from therapists to addictions counselors, coaches, trainers, CEOs, financial planners, and more. If you've ever wondered how can you become the best, happiest, healthiest version of yourself, you've come to the right place. Here's a novel idea. A full life isn't achieved by simply doing less. Everyone wants more. You want to do better. You want to achieve. You want more success, more money, more status. This is natural. It's natural for humans to strive for more, and to a point, it's even admirable. Yet, so often in our quest for more, we look for things to cut back on, or to cut out of our lives. Say, I'm busy. What can I give up to get some time back? I want to lose weight. What foods do I need to stop eating? I want to save more money. What costs can I cut back on? And on the outside, this seems logical, right? Eating too much leads to weight gain. So if you want to lose weight, you eat less. Spending too much leads to debt. So if you want to get out of debt, you spend less. And there's not anything inherently wrong with this line of thinking. The problem is that often it just simply doesn't work. Just use yourself as an example. I mean, have you tried diets that cut things out? Maybe cut out entire food groups like carbs, or maybe cut out times that you can or can't eat, like having fasting windows. And think, how's that worked out for you? Did you find massive success? Did you reach your goals? Did you stick with it? Are you still doing it to this day? What about budgets? Have you laid out a budget for yourself or your family at some point? A budget that maybe restricts a lot of stuff? Places you can't spend? Things you have to cut back on? Obviously for good reasons, well-intentioned, but after a while you, for some reason, find yourself not sticking to this budget? I did an episode a while back titled Diets Don't Work with Megan Shaw, and I'll link to that in the show notes if you haven't heard it. And one of the main points that both Megan and myself made in that episode was that the majority of diets don't work because they're simply unsustainable. When starting a new diet, people tend to come into it with a lot of hopefulness and zest, and they're excited, and they think that they can just cut things out. It's simple. It's easy. Easy said, easy done. And people will say like, well, yeah, it won't be so bad. Like I can cut out bread. Who needs it? But this is a short-sighted view and it doesn't take into account the actual wider implications of the task at hand. And one thing that's overlooked in a situation like that is just how hard it is to simply downsize the simple act of going from more to less, cutting back. 
it's not nearly as easy in practice as it seems to be in our heads when we're planning and plotting things. And to understand this, we simply have to look at human nature. And I don't know how much of this is actually backed by science, but stay with me because the logic tracks and it really makes a lot of sense. See, for all of human history, we have sought one thing, abundance, more, 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 more. We needed more food. More animals had to be brought home from the hunt. More grains needed to be stored for the winter. You needed to have more children to help with more jobs. We needed to store more weapons to fight in more wars. The answer, when asked for most of human history to what do you need, would simply have been more. And in those times, to have less could literally mean death under certain circumstances. Having less food, less shelter, less safety, less security. And that means more is literally safety. Less is death, more is safety in our evolutionary body and brain. And that's why we have evolved to crave more and shun less. And again, this served us well for a long time, for hundreds and thousands of years of evolution. That is right up until the last hundred years or so. Because again, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution with one constant theme, get more, acquire more, save more. Get what you can now because you don't know what the future will hold and it's better to be safe than sorry. But today, this is all flipped. We live in a world of abundance. We live in a world where having too little might be an inconvenience, but it certainly won't kill you. Having too much, however, is actually the real threat to our mortal lives because people are dying from a disease called excess. Overweight, overfed, overspending, overstressed, over everything. And so it would seem, if excess is the problem, that the antidote is to then cut back, restrict, reduce, simple. And again, logically and theoretically, this is true. It's for all intents and purposes correct, except for the fact that evolution does not care about logic. Because what we have is now two completely conflicting and competing ideas. On one hand, we know that excess and overconsumption are literally killing us. And that the simple solution to that is to decrease consumption. On the other hand, however, we have hundreds of generations of history bred into our DNA that has programmed us to want more and not less. So which will win? Well, spoiler alert, you know the answer. Less, the logical answer, ends up blowing up in our faces most of the time. Because human nature is the hardest thing to fight against. It's pretty much where all of our unwanted habits and everything we want to change about ourselves comes from. We do things that are against our best interests because it's bred into our DNA. All of the things that we want less of in our lives but can't seem to quit, it's because that thing plays into our nature as humans and as animals. We enjoy getting more. When we get less, we feel shorted, literally. It feels bad we naturally avoid that feeling. So what can you expect to feel when your plan to lose weight is simply to eat less? Or when your plan to be financially stable is simply to spend less? I'll give you a spoiler. What you can expect is to feel a lot of animosity toward that plan. 
you can expect your subconscious mind and body to fight back against it, with or without your conscious awareness. And this is why you don't stick to things. This is why you find excuses and reasons and why two weeks into a goal that centers around restriction, you find yourself conveniently with so many other responsibilities that you can't possibly be bothered to keep up with those goals. So what's the solution? Simple. One word. More. And this may seem counterintuitive at first. You might be asking, but Paul, I want to lose weight. You're telling me to eat more. How does that make sense? So let me explain. It's no secret that lifestyle change is already hard. I talk about that pretty much every episode. Change is inherently hard, no matter what. This is because it is your brain and body's assumption that what you are currently doing is good enough. If you are alive, you are breathing, that means that you are okay. Okay, And that's all that your brain really cares about. Your brain is concerned 99% of the time simply with survival. And the other 1% of the time, it's concerned with sex. So if you're alive, the signal being sent is that whatever you're doing is good enough. And that means any inclination to change flies directly in the face of this. And that's why change is hard. We do know, however, that if we want different results or outputs, we need different inputs. Simply surviving might be enough for your survival brain, but that doesn't actually feed the needs of a flourishing, full human life. So to get what you want out of life, change is inevitable and necessary. And it is unavoidable as much as your subconscious would prefer the opposite. And the thing is that whether a change can be classified as good or bad or positive or negative is much less dependent on the actual change itself and much more on the eventual result, the outcome of that change, what happens because of that change. For example, if someone starts to exercise, is that a good or a bad change? Most people would say good. And if starting to exercise leads to that person making healthier decisions, making better food choices, nourishing their body with more movement, living an all-around healthier life, then we can agree that that's a positive change for most people. But what if someone starting to exercise and starting going to the gym more leads to that person down a road of body dysmorphia, disordered eating, steroid and illicit drug use, then is exercising and going to the gym still a quote-unquote good habit in that regard? I think most of us would agree that it's not. So we see here that perspective is key, and that perspective can only be gained through enough distance and time to see the actual result of the change. So eating less to lose weight might seem like the quote-unquote right choice until you zoom out and see that starving yourself all week leads to binges on the weekend that actually cause to more weight gain and have negative mental health side effects. So this is not to say that doing less of something is inherently bad or that it can never work out positively. I mean, I think that it would be obvious at this point that that's not what I'm trying to say. But the point is that only time and distance can tell us. But what we do know is that restriction is hard. Humans hate being restricted. All animals do. The more we restrict, the more we, we inherently fight back against whatever that restriction is. And this can be conscious or subconscious. And as I just said, the only way to see if a change is positive or negative is to give it time. 
Therefore, the best route to change is the one that gives us the largest probability of seeing that change through to the end to get the actual result. Meaning it's not always the most obvious or most logical choice that matters, but simply the choice that gives you the best fighting chance to stick with the change for the long run and actually get the end result. So if we naturally fight back against doing less, why not make change easier on ourselves and do more? So what does that look like in practice? Well, it's pretty simple. As I said, when thinking about making a life change, instead of focusing what you need to take away or do less of, we can instead focus on what you can add and do more of to achieve that same result. Because inherently, we only have so much time. There's only so much space in your life, so much mental bandwidth. And that means if you are adding, eventually, that has to crowd some things out. Something's got to go. Something's got to give. So in a roundabout way, you end up doing less of the thing you wanted to cut back on initially, but you find that destination in a much more sustainable and doable way. The perspective feels like, again, I'm gaining, not like I'm losing. I call this subtraction by addition. And an easy example with food would be, if you're trying to lose weight, again, stop focusing on so much what you can't have. This is obviously where people's first thought goes when they think about losing weight cut out sugar less carbs no more pizza fridays no more candy blah 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 restrict 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 is it any wonder then why we tend to stick to these diets for a few days and then say screw it this is impossible instead you'd be better served to think about what can you eat more of what are healthy foods that you can add to your diet that will aid in your quest for health and a healthy weight This usually looks like adding more greens, more veggies, more salads, more fruits, more protein. And eventually, when you're adding more of this stuff, eating more of these things, you will inherently be less hungry and have less room in your stomach for other, quote-unquote, less healthy foods. It's just inevitable. Now, as a nutrition coach, this is the first step I would take with just about all of my weight loss clients. Eat more, not eat less. Recently had a client say to me, you know, I have a problem snacking on sweets after dinner. Last night I had two big chocolate chip cookies and a Coke, and I know I need to cut that out. And obviously, I could have just said, yeah, that's bad. Don't eat cookies. And that would have been true. That stuff was not serving her in her quest to live a healthy life and lose weight. But that's not what I said. Instead, I asked a question. I said, if you crave something sweet after dinner, is there something else that you can add that you enjoy that will still hit that craving but is a bit healthier than what you're already doing with all these cookies? And she thought for a second and she said, well, I really like grapes and I've put them in the freezer before and had them as a cold treat. I said, great. I love that. So my advice was instead of worrying about how many cookies you can't have, let's try adding some grapes. When you finish your dinner and you want a sweet snack, you can have the cookies if you want, but have some grapes too. The very next day she told me that she had one cookie and she had a bunch of grapes. And that's great. That's a step in the right direction. So my next challenge to her was, this time, eat the grapes first, and then wait 10 minutes if you do want a cookie. And what do you know? And when she tried that the following night, she finished the grapes, waited 10 minutes, but she didn't feel the need to have the cookies anymore. She was full, and her sweet tooth was handled. The important thing here is that she still had the option to eat the cookies. She was allowed to, and I encouraged her to do it if she actually felt she needed it. However, what she found was that by adding the healthier snack, 
the cookies had simply naturally been crowded out. And again, the important distinction here was that cookies were never banned. They were not off the table, and she could have them if she wanted. And because of this, her brain did not feel like it was being restricted. She did not feel threatened, and her natural subconscious defense mechanisms did not kick in saying, no, wait, eat more, get the cookies, get, eat them now. And that's why this stuff works. And the same can be said for productivity. So many people see that they have 24 hours in the day, but realize they're not making the most of those 24 hours, so they strive to be more productive. Inherently, their mind goes to the place where they feel like they're wasting time, where they can cut back, less Netflix, less TikTok, less time socializing with friends. But the problem here is the same. Your body and your brain enjoy these things. They give you happy hormones like dopamine and serotonin. Your brain wants this stuff, and when you take it away, it feels attacked. You may have noticed, as I have, that it's not so easy to break out of a Netflix binge or an Instagram scroll hole. So again, instead of looking at what we want less of, can we see where we can get the result we're looking for by adding more of something? So if your initial thought is to cut back on Netflix to get more time in the gym, can you maybe add walking on the treadmill while you watch your favorite show? Or do your Saturday binge watching while you're foam rolling and stretching for a couple of hours? If TikTok is taking up all of your time that you think you should be using to work on your business, can you maybe add some entrepreneurship accounts to your follows and maybe watch some YouTube videos of successful people in your industry? That way you're reshaping that habit from a negative to a positive without overly restricting yourself to the point of it being impossible. You know, over time, with social media, you can also start to unfollow the accounts that aren't serving you, tailoring your experience on these apps to be more in line with the life that you want to live and the person that you want to be. I personally don't follow anyone who ad isn't adding value to me or my business or my life. I use social media to create content. And I know if I follow fun accounts or even my friends, it'll become a time suck that I can't get out of. So yeah, that means I've unfollowed my friends. But that's okay. I mean, to me, again, Instagram is a place to add value and help others and to learn. I can keep up with my friends via other mediums. One final example I'll leave you with is about sleep. Say you're a person getting three, four, five hours of sleep a night and you want to get it up to eight. It seems logical that the only way to do that is to cut out things that are taking those extra three, four, five hours. So again, cut back on Netflix, cut back on email or video games. And again, to the point, that's true, right? You can't gain more hours in a day, so you do have to cut back on something to sleep more. But again, the idea of simply cutting things out and then just trying to go to sleep rarely works. That's why people get into the habit of sleeping too little because they turn off Netflix or turn off their Xbox and try to just lay in bed and go to sleep and <clears throat> their brain just wanders and they end up not being able to sleep and then they say, screw it, this doesn't work. So instead of focusing on doing less whatever, what if you thought about adding, adding better sleep habits? What if you added exercise during the day so you're more tired at night? What if you added a nighttime routine or a wind down routine? Or you added a habit of reading a book at bedtime to help you fall asleep easier? And again, of course, these things will inherently mean you do less of something. But the point is the intention. Is this being framed as a sacrifice or a gain? That's the key distinction here. And that will decide whether or not this trigger, triggers that survivor mechanism in your brain. So hopefully at this point you understand that. The goal is abundance, not scarcity. A full life needs to be full, not depleted. 
you can understand this and your subconscious body and mind understand it at this point as well. So my action step for you this week is to lean into the idea of subtraction by addition. There's a change you've been struggling to implement. Instead of thinking what you don't need to do or can't have, think about what you can add to help you. What can you do more of? What can you use to eventually crowd out the negative habits that aren't serving you? And if you like this idea, but you aren't quite sure how to apply it to your personal life or your individual situation, send me a DM on Instagram and I'll personally walk you through it. All my social media links are in the show notes and I'm happy to connect and help. A full life is the goal. And you can have more than you might think. So make sure you come back here next week as I'll have a guest on who will be talking about relationships and how you can have all that you want with your partner as well. That's all for this week. Be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss a beat. And we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Support the show by sending this episode to a friend or leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Until next week, stay happy, stay healthy.